Greetings and a very warm welcome. Thank you for tuning in to By the Word of Their Testimony. I'm Etienne McClintock, and with me in the studio I have a special guest today, Julian Fromm. Julian, welcome. Thank you. Very nice to have you here. Now, for the regular listeners, you know that By the Word of Their Testimony is based on the book of Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11, where we read, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. Now, many of our listeners may wonder if by the word of their testimony is actually scripted. Well, I can assure you it's not. The stories of each interview unfolds as the Holy Spirit leads. And in many instances, the first time I hear of an account of how God has led and interceded in the life of people is the first time you hear it as well. So it's all new to me. So, Julian, I'm really looking forward to hearing what you have to say. So welcome to 3ABN Studios. It's our pleasure to have you. And I'm grateful that you are willing to come and share what God has done in your life. So maybe we can just start, if you can tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, what you're doing now, family and so on. Well, um, currently um, I'm married and I've been right. married for almost 20 years. In, in July this year, I'll be married 20 years, yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, look, you have aged very gracefully because well, I thank thought you. maybe you had about <laughs> five, seven tops up your sleeve there, but 20 years, well done. Uh, yeah, I, thank you, thank you. Um, and, and I have three daughters and another one on the way. Number four? Number four, yeah. So A fourth daughter or are you just a number four on the way? Well, Could um, be that remains or. to be <laughs> seen. We're not sure. Okay, it's a revelation. In the, okay. Yeah, yeah. And um, so that's my family situation. We live in Kurenbong and okay. um, I currently work for sanitarium in the engineering department. Okay. And um, that's that's very interesting dealing with, uh, with some of the latest technology that they have there and building their machines and so forth. Fantastic. Okay, so you're the one that sort of puts it together. Do you sort of work on maintenance side or is it more development side? It's more the development side, the projects, and okay. um, building some of their process machinery. Yeah. So all the, well, for me, more interesting things. Okay. So do you also work with the other part of the business? I know they've got a part called Sanitarium Development and Innovation where they check out new processes, new product development, so on. Do you, are you connected with that part at all? Yes, engineering, uh, the SED, Sanitarium Engineering Division, yeah. and um, and the you know, the product development side of things, as you've mentioned, SDI, work, yeah. you know, work closely together. So right. they're, they're a sister and brother sort of oh, okay. section of the company, yeah. Well, that's an exciting part of uh, the industry to work in. Yeah, it's always always good to be at the, at the forefront, and I am sort of the person that likes new things, you know, like to be busy and to be kept interested. So, mm-hmm. you know, that that's good. So there's always something new happening there. There's always something new to catch, catch a year. Okay. Now, look, when I, uh, when I spoke to you about coming in, I, I realized that you were quite busy. So I guess between that and a family of three daughters and a wife, that would uh, keep you very occupied. Yeah, I'm endeavoring to slow it down at the moment. I'm 
hopefully we can achieve that a little. Sometimes life gets too busy. <laughs> Look, I agree with you. There's a times in my life that I've also had to declutter a little bit and just simplify life so you can focus on the important things, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You've got to sometimes, you know, just put the, the, the emphasis on what really matters. Yeah. So, you know, you've got my full support to do that. But uh, let's maybe go back right to the very beginning. Um, you sound like you're Australian, but I'll never make that assumption. So can you maybe tell us where you were born and, you know, the area you grew up in? Yeah, well, um, you know, I've seen a lot of Australia. Okay. And, in fact, um, I think the only part of Australia I haven't seen is Tasmania yet. And right. And partly, you know, growing up, partly re- the reason for that is that my father was a, a church school teacher, so every three or four years we'd move to a different state, okay. um, even overseas. Oh, we really? We spent um, three years in Fiji while right. my father was teaching over there, so... Mm. Um, I was born in Melbourne. Uh, we moved to Ballarat, then to Darwin, and then to Taree, out to Fiji, and back to Kurumbong. So if I was to call anywhere home, I'd have to say um, Kurumbong is home, although since that time, um, and we'll probably get into this a bit more, I okay. guess, as we go through this, we've, sure. you know, we've lived in Western Australia for a long time as well. So Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, very nice. I guess you travel around quite a bit. We have, yeah. 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 So, but your roots are basically, if you had to consider home and where you, if you were elsewhere in the world, you say, well, where would home be for you in Australia? You'd say Kurumbong, right around. Oh, I would say Kurumbong is probably leaning towards Kurumbong, but you know, um, I feel like I still feel like a Western Australian as well. I've only yeah, been okay. back from Western Australia for the last two or three years, so okay. you know, the heartstrings a little bit over there as well. <laughs> that is a beautiful part of the world. I have visited there many times. I have family over there. Yeah, and that would probably be the second choice if I had to choose where I would live. It's yeah. a nice place. It is a nice place. Right, so um, from all your movings around as, as a child, I guess you would have been exposed to a number of different cultures. And, uh, yes, yeah. These probably would have had the potential to influence you for, for good or for better or for bad. <laughs> yeah. So maybe yep. you can just talk us through you know, how things went at school. Your, your dad is a teacher. So were there high expectations for you in school? Well, it's interesting because I spent um, – I think there was only two years of my primary education where I didn't have either of my parents teaching me. Oh. And so, yeah, you know, my, my parents had a big influence on me growing up. Mm. And when we got to high school years, I think, you know, they made the plan, okay, we need to settle down for myself and my sister oh. to go through high school. And I think that's probably a common thing that a lot of parents do. Mm. Um, but I, you know... At that stage, we just come back from Fiji, and it's interesting when you've lived in a different culture for a while, you're sort yeah. of acclimatised to that. And having been in Fiji for three years, coming back to Australia was a real culture shock for me. I found that very difficult wow. to integrate back into Australian culture. Mm. And um, I guess maybe it was a critical age, around 12 years old. Right. You yes. know? And, um, you know... I had a real search for acceptance and then coming back into year six at primary school and then going into high school, I found it quite difficult for mm. quite a while, quite a few years there. Yeah. Well, look, four years for a child, is it three or four years? Three years. Three years. Fiji, yeah. So from the age of nine to 12, that, that's a long time for a, for a nine-year-old. Yeah. And you know, to leave at the age of 12. And then, you know, when you're 50 or 60 or whatever age, it's uh, three years are very quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yes. So I can understand how that would have a, quite a big impact in your life and how you would uh, then find the, the change, the shift back into Australian culture or first world culture quite, 
quite different. Mm, mm. Mm. So uh, did that sort of have a positive or negative effect on on your experience? Or? Well, look, I, th- I think, you know, have, seeing a different culture and, and being a missionary's kid, um, living in Fiji was a fantastic experience, a fantastic mm. opportunity. And I think it just gives you a broader, so much broader understanding um, and, and experience. So, sure. you know, I wouldn't say it was a bad thing. Mm. Um, I think as far as coming back to Australia, fitting in with a culture back here, it was something on top because you can have trouble growing up as it is and then yes. to put a culture shock on top mm. complicates mm. things a bit. You know, and particularly in high school, um, I had trouble fitting in. You know, there was probably a few personality things, but looking back on it, and I've analysed this a lot over the years, mm. you know, and, and I guess, you know, it's no different in our society to what the school experience was, that there's there's different rungs, different ladders you can climb, you know, and I didn't sort of understand how that worked. You know, for example, some uh, for, for self-worth and importance and, and esteem and, and to feel good about yourself, you've either got to do well academically or you've got to do well in the social scene or you've got to do well in sports yes or or, or, you know there's all like i said there's all these different Mm, ladders mm. you can climb and and um the dynamics of that is very interesting because the higher you get in the ladder of course the more people want to knock you off (laughs) (laughs) right but then if you don't rank at all well then you're just a nobody and a loser yeah so you know, I found negotiating that very difficult mm. um, until I guess I I came up with the aims to – I wasn't that good academically, so that was a ladder I couldn't climb, but sports yeah. was one, you know. Okay. So um, I love running, so that was something I could excel in and so mm. that helped me feel good about myself. Um, I decided I was going to be tough and – I didn't have a quick tongue. I couldn't answer some of the the, the smart comments that came my way and, right. and some of this sort of bullying. So mm. I guess I used other means and I'll leave that to your imagination. Sure, yeah, okay. Um, which is not really a good idea. I wouldn't recommend it. Sure, that's you a wouldn't good recommend way to solve anybody. problems. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. you know, that's, that's what I decided to do. I started mm. to watch um, a lot of movies and this is – this is where I really started to follow away. I mean, I, I was brought up as a Seventh-day Adventist, obviously. Mm. You were mentioning your parents were missionaries, so there was mm. obviously a Christian That's influence right. there. Seventh-day Adventist Christians Christian and teachers. working in the church, you yeah. know, always actively involved in the church. Um, but there was, I, I call it Satan's evangelism, mm. music and movies. Yeah. Um, and... I started a new education around 13, 14. I used to stay up late watching Rage. That I don't know whether this program's still on because I don't watch television anymore. Right, okay. That um, was on ABC or something, wasn't ABC, it? ABC, you know. I've seen that program. finish at 2 I o'clock so in the morning. I can so relate to what you're saying. You know, yeah, yeah. Finish, so I'd be there bleary-eyed, you know, at 2 o'clock in the morning watching all these mm. music um, videos and things, watching the movies. And, you know, it, it's interesting the link between how you act and and what you dwell on mm. because you know I wanted to be tough I wanted to learn how to fight to handle myself because I wasn't quick with my tongue 
So I watched kung fu movies. Right. And my education and come and, and you know what? I just studied and studied and studied the movies and all these Bruce Lee movies and etc. You know, Van Damme movies and this that was the era yeah. back in the back in the um, early nineties. Right. And um, I tried some of this stuff out, and you know, just from looking at it, I found I was able to actually put it in practice and do it. Wow. And. So this was quite this absorbed a lot of your attention then, obviously. Yeah, you know, it became it became my education, as mm. it were, in in world, in my world view changed the way I spoke. You know, it became my god, really. Mm. It became my god. It took over my life, and all of those movie actors and all of those music artists yeah. was what I was. I was learning how to act. I was learning how to speak. I was learning how to dress. So these were your role models. They now. were my role models, mm. and and they, they really, I was worshiping them. Wow. Looking back on it, that's, you know, mm. that's that's, that's where it, you know finally, when I ended up leaving the church, mm. I can remember going into, I can't got I got into a lot of heavy metal music, and I can remember going into the Newcastle Workers Club, and there was two bands on one was called the cult mm. and the other one was called suicidal tendencies wow and uh you know even just the names should just scream out at you hey you don't <laughs> want to have anything to do with these guys because something bad there yeah 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 <laughs> but you know these were really heavy heavy music you mm. know and um i can remember down in the in the mosh pit there and and this guy from suicidal tendencies and this is just an example of how you know how how ridiculous looking back on it was, mm. was just screaming out and waving his arm in the air, just going suicidal. And the, and the crowd is calling back suicidal. And he's yelling out suicidal. And it was this to and fro and to and fro. And you just think, wow, mm. you know, this indoctrination, it's yeah. not good. So so these were the influences back at 13, 14. Um, and I've just got to give you a quick overview as far as the music's concerned, yes, I guess, yeah. of it started there. And and took me to somewhere you don't want to be. Sure, okay, I understand. So before the thirteen, fourteen, and the sort of you know coming into the Australian culture and then having to defend yourself or excel in different areas. Prior to that, um, you were raised obviously with Christian influences. And That's that, correct. Yeah, and you spent more time, I guess, with those influences than you did from the age of fourteen onwards. Is it? Well, you know, I was baptized when I was eleven. Wow. You know, I'd chosen to follow God, and I was honest in my desire to do that. Mm. Um, it wasn't, it was something that I really wanted. Mm. And it's just incredible looking back to see um, how quickly I fell away. Yes. You know, a matter of two or three years later, starting to watch um, like, like, a, like a term of martial and arts movies and, and music, and, music and yeah. you know, Satan's evangelism is mm. what I call it mm. because. Satan has a counterfeit government, a counterfeit um, way of doing things, a counterfeit system to God's way. He's in total opposition, and all of all of the principles of his government, all of the the principles and and the things that he wants to promote, are totally opposite to God. And and all of that comes through the movies and the music. You know that that's his, his main form. Mm. Um, I agree you know, obviously, there's other influences, but they are just so 
for an impressionable mind, that's what made made the biggest difference with me, I guess. Mm. Yeah. It reminds me of that text in the Bible in Second Corinthians chapter three and verse eighteen, which basically talks to the principle that by beholding we become changed. Yeah. And if you look to Christ, we behold His glory, and we have changed from glory into glory. Yeah. By beholding, and it's the same if you look at other things. You know, if you look at martial arts people, you know, you start getting more and more interested in them. They become almost like an idol and mm-hmm. you start copying their moves and That's their language right. and the way they behave and deal with situations. That's and right. Yeah, so what we're holding, we become changed. And even in psychology, they have a statement that we move to our most constant dominant thought. Mm-hmm. So whatever the mind is occupied with, that is what influences the heart. And that is what we're being transformed into. Yeah, that, that's correct. Mm. Yeah, but you know, up until that point, I had I had reasonably good influences in my life. As I said, I was baptized at eleven. Yeah, um, my parents were missionaries, and and um, just shows you what the, the power of the influence that when that comes into the home, what it can do. Mm. Mm. Wow! So quite a change then from the age of eleven to the age of about fourteen. But now you're mentioning you're in a nightclub in Newcastle. Yeah, listening to suicidal and cult or whatever the it cult, was. Yes, the cult, yeah. Uh, how many years later do you find yourself now listening and in the in the middle of this mosh? Oh, look, I, I probably would have been probably around around nineteen. Nineteen. So that's a change over about of a five year period or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happened during that time? I mean, how much time did spiritual influences have an effect in your life? Were you still exposed to? Christian principles and values, and were you still going to church for part of that time, or what? What happened? Yes, I, I was. Um, it's it's a bit of a conundrum that one because how can you have a foot in both camps? But you know that's that's what I was doing. Mm. Um, I guess I wasn't. I didn't realise exactly where it was going to take me. Sure. But that's what I was doing. You know, I was still going to church, still being involved in in Sabbath school. But I probably the probably the biggest thing that um, I was following my own inclination, mm. and I had a strong element of pride. Right, and it's a bad combination because um, the Bible says, "Lean not to unto your own understanding." Yes, um, Proverbs three, I think. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's something I've found since after having to reorganize my life. Mm. That if if you follow what you think is right, um, just because you think that's the right way to go and there's no real solid basis for it, you can come unstuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if you're proud, you don't listen to anybody and you doggedly keep on in your error and it leads you to to some hard places and, right. and you end up reaping some consequences that you don't really want to reap. Mm-hmm. So I guess... Um, going through those teenage years, which can be pretty rocky uh, for a lot of people. Yeah, they're tough for, for a lot of young people, aren't they? Yeah. Trying to find their their niche and their, their relationship and their experience because a lot of people feel that they're actually judged by what they're good at. And what yeah, they can that's right. And normally it's those three or four areas that you mm. mentioned before. Yeah, so, you know, you're building yourself up in your own estimation through your own ladder climbing. Mm. Um, yeah, and that pr- promotes pride, and it's, it's a bit of a sort of cycle that you can get into there, and it feeds itself. And sure, look, I do have a question for you. I'm just curious. Um, did you sort of go down this path as a way to actually survive, or was there some element of peer pressure, wanting to fit in, and that was one of the reasons you sort of went down this path with the music and the movies and the? Yeah, look, yeah, I never thought 
it was peer pressure. Okay. Um, but in reality, I wanted to fit in. So yeah, it was so, peer yeah. pressure. You know, in reality, I wasn't happy to be on the outside. In reality, I wanted acceptance. Hmm. And this is how I thought I would get acceptance by being cool, by wearing the pointy shoes, by having my top button undone, by, you know, doing my hair a certain way and Mm. um, being tough and listening to the right music, speaking the right way. Uh, All of these things I thought would gain me acceptance. Mm. And, you know, like I said before, I I model myself off the movie stars and, and, and these rock stars. Mm. So, so yeah, that, that's I guess you. It was peer pressure. It was, it was, but but not just from. I guess, you know, looking at the broader picture, school was my sphere. Yes. But in reality, that's just a a, a, a mini example of what our society is. You know, at the school mm. it wasn't really that much different to when you leave school. What you face in in Australia or or the or the, the world right over. Yes, yeah, that's true. And a lot of people never actually outgrow that and start looking at life from a different perspective rather than trying to fit in or to be accepted or to excel because those are all fleeting. You know, we all sooner or later get older and then even physically we may not be able to quite do what we used to do when we were younger. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Mm. yeah. So now somewhere in your life something may have arrested your attention so you were at 19 you were in a mosh pit what happens subsequent to that why are you no longer in mosh pits why are you no longer listening to whatever the yeah, <laughs> the yeah groups yeah. are that you were listening to yeah um, I, I met a young lady hmm. and we we were dating from about 16 years on okay. and we were sort of off again on again hmm. And uh, we eventually were married okay. in our very early twenties. Did she have a Christian background? She had a she had a, a Saint Adventist Christian background as well. Okay. But uh, like myself, mm. you know, we ended up in the, sort of the same group of um, rebellious teenagers rebelling sure. from God and from parents and society. Mm. And, yeah, so we met. We we were married in our early twenties. We had oh. a, a similar lifestyle, you know, and. And um, we were, you know, making our way in life. I had, again, like I said, my own inclination, my own ideas, my own interests of where I thought I wanted to go Mm. in life. Never had a really, really good plan worked out (laughs) because I didn't understand how to plan. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, we went on a holiday together once and I said to my wife, Renee, I said, look, um, those she was keeping a record of all of these accounts, the expenditure of our holiday, and I said, "What you know? What are you doing there?" And I said to her, "You know, you, you should be an accountant. Look at that." She was just doing a few different subjects at university. Um, she had sort of thought she would go into an art degree or something like that, and so this this idea grew, and yeah. and um, we ended up at Avondale College at Currumbong. Okay, and uh, it was a place we didn't really want to be because. In particular, my wife really didn't want to take the religion subject that was a compulsory subject when you go to Avondale because obviously it's a Christian institution, so there's yes, Christian yeah, subjects. Yes, yes. And um, we ended up living on campus because there's married student accommodation and, you know, it's subsidised, so mm. it, it's quite a, a reasonable sort of thing. Okay. It helped us get through. Um, and she had to take this religious 
class that was um, taken by a very godly man of whom we have much appreciation for, a man by the name of uh, Dr. Alan Lindsay. Right, okay. So Dr. Alan Lindsay has since retired, but mm. um, Renee was a little bit different to me in her outlook. She actually didn't want anything to do with Christianity. I, I still had sort of some respect for God and believed he was there, but she was very angry at God. Mm. And she would argue with Alan in class. <laughs> oh, wow. And confront him with all sorts of things. And he is such a godly, lovely man and so knowledgeable. He had answers for her and he answered in the right spirit. Mm. And um, she became interested and I used to come home and I'd find her studying the Bible and an interest was sparked Right, and so I she, sort of, she was more opposed to the message yeah. of God than you were. Yeah. Was there ever a stage that either of you sort of had atheistic thoughts or tendencies or even agnostic thoughts of wondering if there's a God? No, never not? never an atheist. Okay. Always, look. Uh, Always believed there was a God yeah, and, and creator. And, and For me, living in Fiji was confirmation that there was a devil mm. because, you know, the devil is so manifest over the people over there, very spiritual people. Yeah. And... I always believed and knew because of the experiences, especially in Fiji, that there is a spirit world. Mm. There is spiritual things. I had no okay. doubt ever in my mind on that. Based on your own experience. Your experience and, 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 th and ex different experiences that happened to us and our family mm. over, over in the islands there. Okay. So for me, it was um, never an option to not believe that there was a God. Mm. I knew there was a God. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, from what we'd experienced there. Yeah, so, you know, Renee was studying this Bible and then we had some really lovely neighbours. As a, that We were in a duplex and, and mm. God put the right people next to us. Okay. Uh, an American couple who were on fire for the Lord mm. and they had a positive influence in our, in our life as well. They befriended us and they'd come from uh, a, a heavy metal background. Wow. And... You and know, that was the music you were interested that in. That was the, the time? music I was right into. You know, yeah. I used to love <laughs> this. Uh, it, it's it's bad to say, but I loved Saturday morning mm. or Sabbath morning, as I know it now. Yeah, because everybody in the married student units would go off to church, and I'd think, great, the place is vacated. I can get my electric guitar and I can turn it on to ten, and I can just go for it. <laughs> right. So you're a musician as well. Yeah, I used to play electric guitar and okay. um, heavy metal stuff. Yeah, yeah, a lot of okay. really sort of hard and fast stuff. And so you weren't going to church at this time. No, I wasn't. Although you're living on Avondale That's College, right, yeah, hallowed grounds, hallowed ground, <laughs> playing my heavy metal music, and then all morning. of a sudden, I'd I'd realise, oh dear, the people are coming out from church. They kept wondering. I thought, oh, I better turn this down, or I might offend people. Mm. So, um, you know. I'm not sure what they thought of me when they walked back from church to hear that horrible music well, wow. <laughs> coming out. Hopefully a few of them were praying for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think there probably was a few praying for us. I'm just glad they didn't dob us into administration and get well, us kicked out. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> um, it was a little bit offensive, I think. Oh, right. Um, you know, there's a fair difference between um, that sort of music and, and, and Christian taste. Christian music, of course, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so getting back to um, so what was what? happening at college, Renee going yeah. and, and having these compulsory... So had you met Dr. Alan Lindsay at this I, stage yourself? No, I hadn't. It wasn't till yeah. I knew who he was, Okay, but um, I had no interest. I didn't really want to meet him. Sure. 
and this is in 1998. Okay. Now, 1998, something special happened. There was a um, the first satellite evangelistic series that uh, Adventist, Net 98. Net 98, they yes, called it. Yes. And with Dwight Nelson. With Dwight, Dwight Nelson, Nelson yeah. yeah. And so that was being beamed into the church up on the college grounds there. Mm. And my wife said, I'm going along to it. And um, I said, no, you're not. And she said, yes, I am. I want to go and hear what he's got to say. And I said, no, you're not. You don't go there. That's rubbish. <laughs> and we had an argument over oh, really? it. <laughs> we didn't have a very good relationship. Mm. Um, but that's another story. And um, finally, she was so insistent, and I saw that I wasn't going to win out. So I said, right, well, if you're going, I'm going too to keep an eye on what's going on, make sure <laughs> that you're okay. Okay. I want to keep an eye on this, you know. And um, so she said, right, fine. We're she was happy because she just wanted to go. Mm. So we went along to this evangelistic series that was being via satellite on the on the big screen. And I thought, oh, yeah, it wasn't too bad. Oh, I thought, oh, you know, that he had a few good points. Okay. And, um, and then the next year we had Net 99 with Doug Batchelor. Yes. And it sort of wet my appetite a little bit with Dwight Nelson. And, you know, things had been progressing over the year. Net 99 came along. With Doug Batchelor now, I have to say that um, when Doug Batchelor speaks, it just, I don't know, it strikes a chord with me. Mm. I love Doug Batchelor, the way he presents. I love what he says. And um, it just went straight to my heart. Just went wow. straight to okay. my heart. So after Net 98, were you still not going to church? Or were you starting to uh, now? Because I mean, obviously you had to go to the church to go and listen to Net 98. But yeah. did you start going back to church on Sabbath? Or were you still yeah, quite not, not, not there? Not really there. Seed was planted the again. Seed was but, planted, but it okay. wasn't. It was planted. It only just started to take root. Mm. It didn't really, you know, come up. We'd go occasionally or, you know. Mm. So Renee still wasn't going no, either? No, we, we were both were, you know, Sort of no man's land. Okay. <laughs> right. So yeah, yeah, there wasn't enough real interest to mm. sort of capture us. Okay. Until Net ninety nine, and I heard Doug present things, and just the way he presents, he's, he's just so matter of fact. Yes, he is. And he just straight down the line, mm. and he's he's got a sense of humor. He doesn't take himself too seriously. He doesn't it's rant true. and rave. He just presents the facts and says that's the way it is. Yeah. You know. And I thought. Yeah, this, 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 he's just a normal guy, you know. Mm, he just mm. speaking my my language, <laughs> and you know, the Holy Spirit just moved on my heart, and 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 um, yeah, I I gave my heart to the Lord that in in that during that program during that program, yeah, that is amazing. So, was there anything particular in the program that sort of stands out that sort of struck a chord with you? Yeah, there was that the one evening they had. A testimony. Funnily enough, mm. <laughs> I'm on a testimony program now. <laughs> but um, there was a testimony given by a, a girl whose parents were Satanists. Wow! And it was really intense. What mm. and and really amazing what she had been through. Mm. And the impression came to me um, from God's Spirit that I had been rejecting when, when I saw that Jesus had saved her from. Mm from horrible things and an amazing circumstances in amazing ways. Yeah. God's spirit, you know, 
I don't know how God's spirit works, but it just, the impression came to me that I personally have been rejecting Jesus, mm. but yet Jesus is personally interested in just me. And oh, I broke down and I cried and I was just inconsolable. I just couldn't believe. That was during that, that testimony during broadcast. During that testimony. Mm. Um, well, it was a live testimony. So she came along and oh. gave her testimony during that I don't, because I'm it was a live broadcast, that's right. It was a yeah. live broadcast, but she'd actually come personally to the church. I'm not sure how they scheduled that, but mm. they must have just held a, one of the meetings back for her testimony in okay. the middle of the series or towards the end of the series. Yeah. And um, I just got on my knees and I just said, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. And I, I just stayed praying until I believed and felt that God had forgiven me for rejecting him. Mm. And um, from then on, I started, well, first, you know, I started to study my Bible every day and um, I just sold my guitar. I broke all of my albums, my heavy metal albums, threw them in the bin. Mm. Anything I could find in the house that um, had any sort of anything that I felt God wouldn't be happy with. Right. I, I got rid of it. Okay. I got rid of it. Mm. And... So this was a full commitment. This was not nothing oh, yeah, half-hearted. Well, no, that's right. I so said once I'm going to do this, you know, um, I was just convicted that strong that that wow, God, like I said, God was a personal God, and then and, and if He's not happy with this, I I, I don't have anything to do with it. Yes, I've, I've got to get rid of it out of my life. Mm. You know, I used I used to always have about um, four or five cars. I've been a habitual <laughs> and addicted car. Person, okay, <laughs> car addict, and I always just have about four or five cars sort of hanging around in various states of repair, always working on them, spending my money on. And, um, you know, that was one of the hardest things for me to actually give up, believe it or mm. not. It was, uh, I was never, for, you know, fortunately for me, I was never addicted to any substances, which, right. you know, is uh, when I see, you know, some of my friends and, and other people trying to battle those things, those mm. addictions, I, I just, my heart goes out to them, you know. Yes. Uh, but my addictions were different. I had I had a car addiction and, mm. and you know, some weeks we were happy for um, mum and dad's generosity at Sabbath lunch. Because you were spending all your money on <laughs> your cars? I spent all and... my money on cars. Okay. You know. Um, when things start impacting your livelihood and your food yeah. and your ability to provide, yeah. that is an addiction. Oh, I was yeah. addicted, you know. Four or five cars. Yeah, yeah, and um, that was really hard to give out. That so you that, fill up the neighbourhood with cars. <laughs> yeah, I used to get in trouble for it from the landlords, and no doubt. you know, um, yeah, I was making a mess everywhere. Mm. I, I didn't think it was a mess at the time. It sure. was totally out of my reasoning. I mm -hmm. thought oh, this is just my interest, you know. But yeah. no, it was it was a horrible mess. <laughs> wow. But um, yeah, so I, that 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 and and my my language, I had really bad language, and mm. those two things. Were, were the hardest things for me to get rid of. But, you know, I'd, like I said, I've made a full commitment and I didn't, I wanted to please God. Right. Anything that didn't please God, I wanted to get rid of. Mm. And it's not per se that working on cars or having a car to fix is wrong, but it's just your passion and addiction to it. That's right. Cause a separation between you and God if you kept on doing that. Yep. Because you were actually a slave to it. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Is that what you're saying? That's right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. addiction's a funny thing because, you know, some things you can just say, no, that, that's no good. I won't touch it. Yes. But, you know, um, some people suffer from overeating. They have a problem 
with overeating, they, they mm. may be overweight. Um, you can't give up food. You oh. have to regulate your intake. It's not like you can walk away from a booze and never go to a pub. You've got to keep on eating. Yeah, that's right. You know, you got to keep on driving cars too. And then you keep on driving cars. And you know, I still fix my own cars. Okay. Because I have the ability to do that. Great. Um, but where to draw the line? Mm. That that can be challenging for yes. those things that you can't just get rid of. Mm-hmm. So I, I started in this process of reorganizing my life and you know doing away with things and it. As we made changes, it got really sticky. Um, we started to... So this is both you and Renee? Yeah, we both both mm-hmm. at the same time. It's interesting. I said, you know, we didn't have a very good relationship. We would, you know, we used to fight a lot. And she used to be so angry at me because I found peace in reading the Bible. So we'd have a fight and all of a sudden I'd just go, I need, I need peace. And I'd just, I'd just stop in the middle of the argument and I'd go and read my Bible mm. so I could have peace. Oh, she she would be fuming and and she'd be ranting at me, and because how can you sit there and read the Bible, you know? And, mm. and I thought, oh, you know, it just gave me peace. Wow, it just gave me peace yeah. reading the Bible, and um, probably wasn't the best way to solve problems, sure. just to go and read your Bible. Yeah, but at the time, you know, that was was where I was finding peace. That's where mm-hmm. I was finding fulfillment. I, I, there was something there, and I was just, you know, your men and women deal with. Um Stress and uh, relationship conflict very differently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, after being married for twenty years now, you learn a lot of skills that you didn't mm. have when you first married. You know, we're only newly yeah. married, so that um, you know, it's a big, st- it's a steep learning curve. Mm-hmm. Um, things started to get a little bit sticky for us with our family. Our, f- our family didn't understand what was happening to us because we were making so many radical changes in our life. Okay, and it caused a lot of friction. And we love our family. Yes. But yeah, it was it. Because this is a dramatic change now. Yeah, they, they, they couldn't understand. People. They couldn't understand what was happening to us, <laughs> even though they were Christians themselves. Yes. It was it was fairly radical, pretty radical what what was happening. Yeah. Um, and we found that tough, and all our friends disappeared because we weren't partying anymore, and we had a, you know we totally different interests, yeah. different interests, and so different all priorities, different priorities, you know, different totally different way of life, and we just made such a radical quick change, and all so of a sudden we found quick, ourselves. When you say quick, how fast? Weeks and months? Yeah, months, mm. you know. Like I said, I just stopped listening to the music and I, I just got rid of it. Mm. And and I, and all I could listen to was hymns. Hymns? Hymns. And wow. I was just, you know, I went to some churches and they were playing some sort of modern styles of music. I couldn't listen to it. I couldn't, you know, hymns. I just had to have hymns, hymns and hymns because of the, there was a spiritual value in the hymns that, that I just, I don't know, it just fed my soul, mm. fed my soul. And so I went from heavy metal to hymns. <laughs> well, that is dramatic. You know, and yeah. um, there was nothing in between for me. Yeah. Well, the hymns are wonderful because they're normally based on people's experiences and deep experiences with the Lord, and then this normally flows out of yeah. those experiences. Yeah. Yeah. So, hymns are great. But, you know, we were new parents, new Christians, and uh, sorry, newly married, new Christians, and, mm. and new parents. This is our, our first order was was born when we were um, 23 and 24, oh. so we're, we're moving on a couple of years now. Mm. And um, this was also a catalyst for change for us because when you've got a child, all of a sudden you start thinking different, wow, um, I'm responsible for this baby now. What mm-hmm. what are we going to do here? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it really was stimulus for us to, to change as well. Mm. So, look, things, things sort of fell apart f- for us after a couple of years after we were converted 
we weren't getting on with our families. We we were struggling to find friends. We were struggling to find our way in in the church. You know, like I said, as as new Christians and new new parents mm. and and newly married, it was a, we just had so much to learn. Wow. And we decided to, we decided to just make a new start somewhere. So we ended up in West Australia, four places. We just okay. got on the road. You know, we sold everything we had. We quit quit our jobs. We actually went overseas. Um, for a period of six months, mm. um, and then came back, and we decided let, let's let's go, let's go and just make a new start. So we ended up in right out in the middle of nowhere in Western Australia. You know, um, wow. we bought a hundred acres there, and um, it was in a, about an hour from the south coast, okay. um, near the Stirling Ranges. And I don't know if you're familiar with that, but you, we might be able to look on a map after. But sure, yeah, <laughs> a beautiful place there, mm. and. We ended up in a caravan. Um, on this 100 acres? On this 100 acres. Okay. So there's no house on this place? No house, ha- no, yeah. What about the amenities, bush. electricity? No, we had... We running had water? No running, well, we had very limited running water, no electricity. Mm. Um, and, you know, caravan fridges aren't that big. <laughs> sure. And, yeah, no no amenities, to, well, well, not conventional amenities anyway. And we were having... Uh, for those of your listeners who, who are familiar with the Bible, you know that Moses spent 40 years in the wilderness undoing yes. what he spent 40 years learning, learning in, in Egypt. Egypt. Yeah. And uh, we were having a similar experience, mm. obviously. You know, we're not in the same category as Moses was, but the Lord's methods <laughs> were the same. Wow. And we were over there at, in that block for about eight years. Eight years. eight years. You survived for eight years in your wilderness experience. Yeah, we were in the caravan for a couple of years and then we rented a, ha- a farmhouse just adjacent to our property for a number of years and then and then we built a shed and we lived in that for a bit. And So um, were, you, were, were you using the land? Were you cultivating the land or did you have some yeah, well, I livestock? Had, I, yeah, yeah. You know, I was trying to do this country living thing. I wanted to um, off-grid, they call it these days, you yes. know, this sort of lifestyle with the solar power and this sort of stuff. And mm. I wanted to do a bit of horticulture, so I had a big dam put in. And it's interesting, you know, I talked about my inclinations and my pride before and I, w- I had my waist set out. I was trying to start a business mm. uh, and I was running an engineering business at the same time. And I was okay. trying to build a house. I'd bitten off way too much. Sounds very busy. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's a lot to growing things. Mm. And I was, I was becoming unraveled in my pride and my own decisions bit by bit through this wilderness living. It was, it was there that I really discovered um, what your needs and your wants are. Mm-hmm. It was there that I really discovered that, wow, my decisions aren't that good. And it was there that I was humbled because I was making so many bad decisions and failing at so many okay. things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, I I got really frustrated. We, we were suffering depression because living was hard mm. and we were so far away and we were just... We couldn't make sense of things and all aspects of life for a while. And, you know, I'd been, I got really angry with God one day. Mm. And I got to the point where I realized I was a fake as a Christian, you know. Um, I had all the outward, I've, I got rid of all, got rid of, you know, I've changed my lifestyle dramatically. Right. But on the inside, I was, I still found the music appealing. You know, the, the apprentice at work, 
used to play my favourite heavy metal band. Oh, and I was right. like, oh, this, I've just given this stuff up and now I've got to listen to it at the workshop again. Yeah, music is so powerful. It was, it was very powerful, you yeah. know. And and I I found it appealing. Mm. And there was other things that I'd, I'd given up on the outside, but on the inside I still desired them. I still liked them, you know. Mm. And I was, I was saying, Lord, I'm a fake. And I got really angry with God when I said, look, this Christianity, I, w- I actually walked outside and I shook my fist at God. And I said, this Christianity thing doesn't work. I said, either you fix me or, or I'm out of here. I'm not interested in this Christianity anymore because I'm mm. not going to be a hypocrite. Yes. And I'd, I'd been studying this this text in the Bible for the, the last few weeks and I couldn't understand it. And God, mm. God was already trying to point to me and tell me this is the answer here. It was right. Ezekiel 36, 26, where okay. God says, I'll take out your heart of stone. I'll give you a heart of flesh. Yeah. It says, I'll cause you to love the Lord and, and to keep his commandments. And when you, when you look at that and you analyze it, you think, okay, well, God is going to perform a miracle in that he's going to take out a heart and give you a new one. Mm. But take out your stone, which you know is, is cold and hard, Mm. And give you a heart of flesh, and and how is that going to happen? It's going to be a miraculous thing because he says, "I will cause you." It's God that causes you to love. Yeah, it's God that causes you to keep the law. Mm. And I just went, "Wow," you know. And I started to find in the Old Testament, I found the gospel. Okay. I wasn't saying you said, "I love the Old Testament." Yeah, it's my favorite. Mm. Especially Genesis, Exodus, you know, all those, the children of Israel's wanderings. Yeah. And I found all of these texts, like like David says in the Psalms, creating me a clean heart. And mm. I went, wow, this is creative power. Yes. And I, I discovered and I started to exercise faith, faith that God would change what I want and that he would change the desires of my heart. And so that music, I just said, Lord, I know the music's wrong. Mm. I still enjoy it. I admit it. Mm. I'm being honest with you. Take away my desire for the music. Mm. Um, and and I, I use that in every aspect of my life so that I was starting to live a life of faith, faith that God would do the work in me. Right. It wasn't something that I could do. So you trusted what you were reading in the Bible and expected God to deliver on what he said he would do. That's right. It, yeah. it is a pure miracle, mm. true conversion can only happen through God's creative power. Yeah. And, you know, I keep the Sabbath now, not because the Ten Commandments says keep the seventh day holy, but because I celebrate salvation because the Sabbath is a memorial of God's creation. That's right. But it's also the memorial of God's salvation mm. because he creates in us clean hearts. That's right. And so when I celebrate the Sabbath now, I'm just, thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord, because all these things you've done for me through your creative power. Mm. And so it's a celebration every week. It's it, it's great. I look forward to it. Yeah, it's a beautiful relationship with the Lord, and he's given us a Sabbath to spend the 24 hours with him. That's right. Yeah, but he puts it in your heart. That's really the new covenant experience, isn't it? He says he'll write his laws within our hearts and our minds, and that includes that, us. That's right. It's all through the Bible, and I just found it. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's, a, it's a core theme which mm. runs from Genesis right through to Revelation. Yeah. And so I started to live a life of faith. And and this is while you're still in WA, an yeah, hour or so north of Albany, is it? That, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And and from then on, it took a few years for it to kick in because there was a lot we had to sort out in our sure. life. Yeah. Um, but it is the only answer 
Mm. If you really want to walk with the Lord, yes. it's it's not by by what you can achieve. It's by His His grace, His grace and His power. Yeah, yeah. and His power is in the Word. And as, as it says there in Romans chapter ten and verse seventeen, so then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Hearing by the Word of God. That's yeah. right. You know, Amen. we can we can follow our, our own inclination. We can follow our impressions. We can follow our feelings. Mm. And this has been my experience. But we end up reaping the consequences. Of those, and the consequences aren't good. If we follow God's word, if we follow God's advice, and we humble ourselves, yeah. And and I'm saying we 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 because this has been in my experience, and this is how I live day to day now. Because I I, I know through my own failure, mm. um, through my own experience, this is the only way I'm going to live. This is the only way I can live yes. and and be a true, honest, unhypocritical Christian. Doesn't mean I got I still got issues that the Lord's working on in my life, but at least I've got the basis of how I can solve my problems now. Yeah, so you, you know what the solution is. Yeah, trust, yeah. trust God and expect Him to do what He promised Him. That's to do. right. Yeah. Wow, that's that's wonderful. So you're. You go through this, your wife and your family. How many children have you got now at this stage? Well, we had two in Western Australia. Okay. And um, it's a real blessing to have kids, love kids. Um, I've just turned 42 and some people might think that's a little bit old to be having another one, but I'm really looking forward to having another child. And I don't care that it's a boy or girl. <laughs> children are a heritage of the Lord, the Bible says. So, yeah. yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Great. Okay, so you, you have this encounter with God. Um, because you're finding it pretty tough. So he takes you almost to rock bottom, it sounds like. That's right. You get angry at God, but then all of a sudden now this text starts making sense to you and God communicates mm. to you through mm-hmm. this text that he will change your heart, yeah. give yep. you new desires, new motives. You'll leave those old things behind. The things that you used to love, you now don't love anymore. That's right. And the things that were a bit of a challenge perhaps in the past, now you delight in that's you, right. You find joy in it. Yeah. And it's it's that walking with the Lord, walking in a spiritual sense, in a new sense. So uh, what happened subsequent to that? Well, um, we got to a point in the development of our property that mm. we had maxed out on our borrowing capacity mm. and their income was not going to increase anymore. So we realized we could either stay stick with it for many, many years and just inch away at it or yeah. we would sell and try and get ahead some other way. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I had a lot of trouble with my employment. I was employed by a, a Baptist man who who used to continually <laughs> jive at me for keeping the law and not oh. being under grace and this sort of thing. Sure. And I found that very challenging and I sort of it wore me down after a while. And I thought, oh look, I'll I'll look for something else to do. Um, you know, it's interesting because those those hard years weren't without a bit of fruit because it was a few years ago that I went back to visit the man, and he was um, not a creationist. Mm. Didn't believe in creation. He was a theistic evolutionist. You know, he believed that that God had used evolution in That's his great. creative process. But I went back to him, and and he'd actually changed his view. On that, oh, and he was even sort of contemplating the Sabbath, and he was he he sort of asked me, Are "You still keeping the Sabbath?" And I said, "Yeah, you know." Uh, I could, you could have knocked me over feather when he said that because wow. 
So it was really nice. You know, mm. That sort of made it worthwhile because, I mean, obviously there have been a lot of changes and we can see the Lord's leading leading back. You sort of, But when you're a Christian, you want to help others along the journey as well. Yes, you do, yeah. And, and actually have someone who you've had an influence on and to see that just really was very fulfilling. Mm. Even it was just one step on one person that okay. was obvious to I think the Lord let us see that just to say, well, look, you know, <laughs> all those hard years and you, you had an influence on someone. So that was that was really nice. But we did move on from there. We moved down to Albany for a while and pursued different careers. And then eventually a friend of mine rang up and said, look, we've got a lot of work happening here at Sanitarium. We need someone with your skills. Um, do you want to come back? And, um, so this is now Sanitarium at Kurumbong? Sanitarium at Kurumbong. And so right. came back and, um, yeah, I'd, I'd spent 10 years initially with Sanitarium. I did my trade with Sanitarium. Okay. And, um, yeah, came back to Sanitarium. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so how long ago was that now? Uh, that would be about three years. Three years, okay. About three years. Yeah. Right. So that's quite an, an interesting journey. Now, is there... Um, you told us about some of the highs and some of the lows. Uh, is there anything in there that you think, you know, if only people knew this about God or that that would make a difference in their life if they were questioning, you know, does God really care? You know, can he really change my life? Yeah. a lot. There's so many misconceptions about God. Mm. Um, there's so many misconceptions about and and so much misunderstanding of of who God is, what mm. His character is like, mm. and what the principles of His government are. Right. I think if people could really get a clear picture of what God is like, mm. um, and and what the principles of His government are, what His how He bases His judgment, how He bases His decisions, people would just. They'd flock to him, right? Um, Satan has done a really good job to throw so many misconceptions about out there about mm. about who, who God really is. You know, he's 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 transferred a lot of his character traits into the psyche of man to consider God to be he a has. little bit like that. Sometimes even vindictive or yeah. not forgiving, not really loving, mm. only loving the good. That's right. There's so many. There's so many different things. I agree with you. Yeah. It's it's a it's a matter of actually discovering what God is really like, not just going by our own thoughts on that or yeah. the influences of the world, whether it be music, mm-hmm. because music really within music and even in the movies, there's a, there's a lot of rebellion. Oh, it's huge. You just look at you know the, the commandments of God, which is the commandments of love, love mm-hmm. to God and our fellow man, and you look at how many of those principles are broken within television, within movies, within the music. Yeah, uh, very secular. And that is the concept that people then use to consider God, yeah. perhaps as arbitrary That's or right. as vindictive, yep. or you know He's going to punish people for all eternity. Yeah, yeah, they misunderstand God. But really, if people could just open the package, yes. because the package sometimes doesn't look attractive, but if they just open the package, yeah, they can taste and see that the Lord is good, their yeah. lives will be changed. I think people have to realize that what they're being fed in the movies, what they're being fed in novels, what they're being fed in music mm. is it's not God's medium. Yes. The Bible is God's medium. Pick up the Bible and find out what God is like. I agree with you. Look, I really appreciate you uh, 
sharing your testimony with us today. Thank you. Now, uh, dear listener, if you have any information or questions about today's program or even want to hear a little bit more about Julian's testimony, maybe we can have you back another time, Julian. Sure, happy uh, to. That would be great. Uh, you can contact us by phoning us on 0249733456 or you can send an email to us at radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We also have a Facebook page, so you're welcome to like us on the Facebook page and you can even message us there. So please join us next time as we share more of what God has done in the lives of people just like you and me. Until next time. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.